Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, presented by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky, locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and right here in West Edmonton Mall, WilhawkBeefJerky.com. Connor Halley and Brandon Douglas with you here, talking all things fantasy sports for the next hour. Of course, if you want to get in on the conversation, one 401 is the best way to do so. That is the text line. You can also reach us through the old email, Connor at sports1440.ca and Brandon at sports1440.ca on Twitter or X at sports1440. And then, of course, uh, at Connor Halley at bdouglas1440. Hope you're all doing well, enjoying this fine weather in this city as we are up past the midway point, at the midway point of November, and we still haven't got the white stuff it's beautiful. And tomorrow I saw a high of 10, maybe even more. Brandon, I'm wearing shorts tomorrow. Kevin uh, Carries is going golfing this weekend. Is he actually? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> going to tee it up at Terra Pines, I think he said. So. Terra Pines. Oh, you know what? I remember Terra Pines being a very uh, firm golf course. So it would roll forever. And now it would be maybe even a little more firm. Get that pinnacle. Boom, that's rolling. Well, I was telling this to Kevin earlier this week um, when he was talking about being out last weekend golfing that uh, I seen on my social medias. A good friend of mine is a superintendent at Manville Riverview Golf Course. We've, we talked about Manville earlier this week Manville. on our show. Um, and him and his uh, brother were out playing on there this week. And the, the the Vermilion River, which is where the snakes through the course, is like frozen. <laughs> So is you, no water hazards. You hit it out onto the river. You just shimmy your way out onto the ice and chunk it out there and hope you don't hit it too hard that you maybe end up popping yourself through it or something. Vermilion River, not uh, particularly ferocious, especially at that point of its uh, flow. But still, you'd get wet all the same. So uh, great to see the weather holding up. Uh, we all know it won't be forever, but enjoy it while it's here. And play the ball where it lies, right? That's right. You know what? I'm actually, you know, I don't golf that often anymore, but uh, foot wedge never hurt nobody. A little tap, save yourself a little frustration. We're not on the course to get mad at ourselves. Uh, lots to get to on the show today, of course. Holy cow. Did you have a Vander Kane last night in fantasy? Three goals straight to lead the Edmonton Oilers to a comeback. Uh, that that gave me feelings of last year late in the season when they would be trailing in a game and you didn't really worry about it because you knew somebody, whether it was Hyman Nuge, McDavid, Drysdale, Kane, uh, maybe Darnell Nurse, Evan Bouchard, somebody was going to get them back into that one, Brandon. And last night, uh, it it did not look good. There was uh, a part of me that was thinking today on the show is going to be filled with frustration and soft play in front of their own net, some sloppiness, lack of intensity. Uh, but in the final period, final half of the period, they really turned it on. Yeah, it was great to see some uh, some bite back by the Oilers as a whole. And uh, Evander Kane, a guy we've talked about a lot this season, even with the Oilers' struggles, he's kind of been, him and Warren Fogle, I would say, have been the most consistent forwards for the team since uh, this year kicked off. Great to see him rewarded with with three straight goals, even if he, uh, they weren't always the prettiest on the, uh, the tying goal. You know, whiffed on the first attempt at the one-timer, but stick with it and good things happen when you go to the front of the net. Um, I will say, and this is easy for me to say, you know, with 2020 hindsight, but... In the overtime period, uh, that shift, I, I knew the Oilers were going to score. With, you knew it. I like it was. It's something about the way the overtime had been flowing so far. And once um, that collection Bouchard um, out there with Kane, and I believe it was Hyman, which bit of it because they were out there for the faceoff. Mm-hmm. Neither of those two guys are centermen, but they're still able to get possession and and you know bounced around a bit. Not the most. Uh, Stout defensive play by Justin Schultz on the mini two-on-one from the hash marks in, but well executed all the same. And when you get chances, you got to bury them. We avoid disaster when Vinny DeHarnay 
he has to go backhanded it into uh, his own net. <laughs> would have been bad. Yeah, yep. that would have been bad. But it, it's it's so funny because we can laugh about it because it didn't happen. But even in the moment, like that was, in theory, a very smart play by Vincent Deharnay to try and continue to rag the puck, puck and eat more time so that once the delayed penalty is called, the Oilers have more power play time. Yeah. Thankfully, it did not go in because it would have counted and certainly seems like probably a pretty good chance to sink chances of a comeback at that point. Uh, but all in all, a great game. Stuart Skinner made the, the big saves when he needed, and um, they got timely scoring. That's sometimes just what it takes to win hockey games, um, even if you don't play your best uh, 60 full minutes. I, I did like people kind of mini freak out when overtime started, and it was just dry saddle with two defensemen. And, I mean, it, it came together. People heard Knobloch's theory. But right when it happened, I kind of thought, like, well, if they lose the faceoff, you defend. If you win, McDavid hops over the boards. Like, it, it, it's not the craziest strategy to do. It is far from. Like, this isn't – and I know some – like, we've seen teams sometimes put out – like, even if it's a fourth-line guy, if it's their best centerman, yeah. he will go out to take the draw, win it, and then immediately skate to the bench and swap out for your top skill players. This is the exact same – um, theory, game plan, just with uh, with a defenseman out there instead. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I thought there was nothing wrong with it. People always love to overreact and look to poke holes and things. But, I mean, hey, it paid off. It wasn't necessarily that, that exact decision. They ended up with the winning goal, but they didn't get scored on and nothing nothing bad happened. So <laughs> count your lucky stars, right? Yeah, I mean, to me, it's very simple. You win possession, you're likely going backwards anyways. You know, you you have it kind of in your own end. You make that quick change. Uh, outside the box thinking from Coach sure. Knobloch early on here. Uh, updated in our little fantasy pool. Looks like Haas is atop the leaderboard. Oil City Magic in second. Ammerhammer third. Awesome Rossums and then Cool Thing Tees rounding out the uh, top five. Northside Norm, I got to give him a shout out. He's in sixth. Koskinen 2.0 in seventh. And then the Connors in eighth. Uh, shout out Evan Bouchard for a performance last night. Uh, McDavid got the goal. Obviously, if Vander Kane was in your lineup, you're looking pretty good as well. Uh, Vancouver Canucks uh, with Bo Horvat returning to Vancouver. Uh, after what he said, after a game last year, I think he said something about how it's way better here than it is Vancouver. I know he was hyping up the hometown crowd, uh, but I thought he might get a mixed reaction. Uh, I think the the biggest thing for the Vancouver Canucks and their fan base, get that 4-3 win. Quinn Hughes, overtime winner, certainly going to go a long way and uh, f- make their fan base a little bit happier. You can kind of stick it to the former captain. Uh, but that was an interesting game. And then Brandon today, I, I in my sports updates yesterday, I, I think I kind of whiffed on it a few times, saying that it was a midnight game. That would make no sense. That'll be eight a.m. in Sweden or something like that. Clearly, it's a game that's at noon today. The uh, NHL Global Series Avicii Arena, R.I.P. in Stockholm, Sweden. How cool is it that he has an arena named after him? Uh, but do you like these mid-season? trips to Sweden because I gotta say I think it's a little stupid it's it's weird it puts I think the teams doing it at such a disadvantage like this is not the NFL where you're playing one game a week and you can go over there play it come back uh, probably have a bye week a lot of the the traveling teams do in the NFL like you still got to come back and get right back into the swing of your schedule I'm sure they'll get a little bit of leeway I haven't looked right ahead to what the each of these teams got coming up it makes more sense to do it right at the start of the season because then at least you're not do you're only the travel's really only affecting you one way, right? Uh, if you're starting your season off with these global series, which I thought is what they always used to do, 
um, these European games will be ready to start, or maybe it's right out of the winter break, or yeah. like the NHL teams do get bye weeks now, but they come later in the season, so why not coordinate them around them? Um, it, it's just unfortunate. The players are excited about it. Both all these teams are they picked them for a reason. Very strong Swedish influences on them. Um, Daniel Alfredson stepping in behind the bench as an assistant coach while the Sens are over there. <laughs> very uh, cool. Very cool. And uh, we actually talked about it a bit this morning. There might be a little more to that maybe with Alfredson serving in management and DJ Smith still sort of uh, on a warm seat, we'll call it, as the head coach, uh, seeing if he can get a little more intel into how things are operating behind the bench. So a lot of storylines to follow, and it'll be nice. A little midday hockey for everybody to take in today, whether you just uh, throw the um, radio broadcast maybe uh, online or if you're fortunate enough to have a, a screen you can tune into, uh, it'll be nice. I, I love a little midday sports to get through the day. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be watching it on my laptop for sure. Uh, it's going to be very cool. And, you know, I guess maybe the NFL's influence with that might be there too. Like, they go midseason. Why can't the NHL? So it works out. Uh, Lance says, I support the strategy of... Not block, basically going out there with uh, one forward, two defenders. Smart idea. B also chiming in, says when you hear the explanation, it, it's a great thing. Uh, yeah, it was good. It, it was a really, uh, it was it was nice to see. Uh, Lance adds at the end here, the knob is impressing me. Yeah, the, the nicknames for knob block is, uh, is one of the best things about him at this point. Obviously, the 2-0 record's great, but the nicknames that come in are terrific. one 401 it is Fantasy Frenzy. We will be joined by Andy McNamara coming up in about 10 minutes' time. He uh, talks a lot of fantasy football on his podcast, uh, The Sick Podcast. That one focuses around the Cleveland Browns, and he's got to be a little bit rattled right now to Sean Watson going down. But we'll talk to him about that later on. Of course, we take your text out the text line. We've got a few coming in here, and I actually got one from our good friend Jason Strutwick last night, which I'm going to throw out to Andy McNamara and see what he thinks, and it involves a couple superstars. So, Strutty, if you're listening, we are going to get that one answered for you. I gave him my input, but I kind of want to see what everybody else thinks as well. Scalding Gord says, Connor, my friend offered me Bengals 2-1 to one on a $50 bet. Do you think... The $100 is going to be mine. Bengals and Ravens? It's going to be a really good game. No T. Higgins, no Sam Hubbard for the Bengals. Jamar Chase, baby. He's good. He's a good player. Uh, Tyler Boyd can't drop the ball. Tyler Boyd, also a good player. Got to catch the ball. And uh, But one of the more um, polarizing figures in fantasy football this year, Joe Mixon. Uh, Kevin Carries and I were also just talking about that at the tail end of uh, this morning's program. Kevin's been hanging on to them. Their trade deadline is today. I, I, and this actually, I could tee this up here uh, as we head into the, the rest of the show. Most people's trade deadlines, I think, were yesterday. Uh, there might be some today still as well. But uh, if you pulled off some trades, we've already had a couple uh, come in. Let us know what you tr- like. What was the trades? Maybe we'll uh, we'll try and do some grades here and see how you made out. I made a couple last week, and then I'm gonna maybe in the third segment I'll throw out a couple that I had in the works but didn't come to fruition. See if I was in the right or the wrong for uh, turning them down. Get both your opinion, Connor, and uh, those of the opinion of the listeners. So it's uh, it's an exciting time of the fantasy football season. We're kind of heading into the back half home stretch here. I'm three and seven in one of my leagues. Oh, but. I'm tied like one win. I can hop into sixth and then I'm right in the picture, but I'm just looking at my team, my running back situation, Austin Eckler, James Connor, Deandre Swift, James Cook, Madison and Pierce. I mean, I I got some depth there. I thought about making a move and maybe shipping one of them out for some receiver help, 
Uh, but I am, I think I'm going to ride with Calvin Ridley and hope he figures it out to go along with CeeDee Lamb and Cooper Cup. But what do you think about Joe Burrow or Justin Fields? Justin Fields gets the Lions, which looks shaky, and it looks like Fields is going to return. Joe Burrow against the Baltimore Ravens defense on a short week without T. Higgins. I'm a little bit unsure about that one. Uh, let me know what you think about that to everyone who's tuning in here. Fields or Burrow? For a Fields returning from injury against that shaky Lions defense in Detroit. Burrow against that Ravens defense tonight without one of his main targets. I'm, uh, I'm a little back and forth on this one, but I think I might stick with Joe Burr. Dino says, Tua or Howell this weekend? Tua has been my guy all season, but it's projecting Howell over Tua by a bit. What do you think? I mean, Howell's been someone who, geez, I mean, he's he's rising up. I, I flirted with the idea of grabbing Jahan Dotson. They take on the Giants, so you've got to think there's going to be some points there. And then for the Miami Dolphins, they get the Vegas Raiders. See, I, I've, Lance, cover your ears. I've talked smack about the Raiders because their last two wins to me are like asterisks. They're against the New York teams that play out of Jersey, and I just don't think they're that good. I started their defense in both weeks and they performed admirably, but it was Zach Wilson and I forget his name. Tommy DeVito. DeVito, Danny DeVito's nephew, Tommy. Hey. Yeah, like, with all due respect, just not the biggest offenses. This is a true test for the Raiders and I'm interested to see how it goes. Max Crosby, I think, is one of the best defensive ends in the nation. Like He's just unbelievable. He's relentless. Can he slow down Tua? I mean, I I think they're going to be running some misdirections to try to keep him on his heels, maybe some end arounds to get the big man moving. I kind of like Tua in this one, but Howell as well, you know, for the reasons we mentioned that he's putting up numbers, he's playing the Giants, they're at home. It could be a good start also. How many of Howell's games has he been trailing in? There was the one week on Thursday night we really hyped him up and he got kind of points because he was trailing. Like, could this be a game against where the Bears against the Bears? Could this be a game where the commanders are up 14, 21, nothing at half and just go to the run game to burn the clock? Like, let's just get out of this one. A very real possibility when you're going up against a, an opponent <laughs> as absolutely abysmal as the New York Giants are. Yeah. Um, but they have to get up. So, in theory, if Howell comes and balls out, even for it's just the first half and throws four touchdowns, I mean, you're still probably going to be looking okay in the grand scheme. Um, here's the thing about Sam Howell. I've uh, I've been a big proponent of his, but I I keep saying this as he is my QB2, right? Yeah. Like, I'm in the super flex spot where, like, is Sam Howell a legitimate QB1? Maybe that's something we can ask uh, Andy when we get him on. Like, are you starting him over these much more um, big names, big names. Like that's one of the trade offers I had on the table was uh, to basically acquire Justin Herbert as my QB two, And there, it was other stuff around it, but the essence of it was moving out Sam Howell, who I picked up as a free agent. So he would use a 15th round keeper to, to keep or Justin Herbert, who would have to, no matter what, go back in. Cause he was a first uh, or second round pick. So uh, yeah, I'm interested to ask Andy about uh, Howell's, status in a more standard league because all the hype I give him I don't have to worry about he's like oh he's my second quarterback that's great for a second quarterback just looking at the the teams he's gone up against you know and he's been really good as of late I I don't want to say he hasn't been eight touchdowns two interceptions in his last three games you know you look at his stats nine interceptions but four of those came in one game and a loss to the Bills defense so 
that, I mean, you, if you were to eliminate that game, his numbers are even better. You know, he's just got a 17 to 5 touchdown interception ratio. Uh, was he leading the league in passing yards still? He's top three. Him and him and him and Maya him boys, and CJ Stroud. They're they're kind of the guys right so, now. So yeah, I mean, it's I'm just looking through it. Like he's the team is one in four. So there's games he's trailed. They actually lost to the Giants 14-7 last time these two teams played. So I don't know if it's a revenge game or what it might be, but the Giants did a pretty good job against him. He was 22 of 42, 249 yards, no touchdowns, and one interception. He does still lead the league in passing yards by over 100, about 150 yards. So, I mean, I, I, okay, I go Tua here just because that offense is unbelievable. And last time he didn't do too well against the Giants, but that could have been a one-off, could be a revenge game. You know, he has since then found his stride. He was great against the Philadelphia Eagles, a game where he had to be good in a game, good enough in the game against the Patriots to get the win. And then he was good in the loss last week against the Seahawks. Three touchdowns, 300 yards, no picks. I don't know. I'll, I go to a, I'll say too as well, coming off the bye, always an advantage. Uh, almost every team coach, whatever, has a better record uh, off the bye than not. So um, with that little bit of an advantage and what Tua's has done this year, it's, it's, it's tough to justify sitting him even for kind of the upstart and surprise that Sam Howell has been. Uh, no name here. Don't necessarily hate the decision or explanation to start to D4OT, but really wonder what does it to McDavid's mindset sitting to start the extra frame. I mean... I, I think the conversation is you're going to be out there in 10 seconds or as soon as we get possession, Leon's better in the face-off circle. And if, like, we've seen Connor himself take himself out of face-off situations, if it is still this nagging oblique injury that mm-hmm. doesn't give him as uh, good a leverage on these draws, whatever the case, and we'd already watched Leon bully his weight on, on face-offs uh, in the end of the third period there, one of them directly resulting in the tying goal, um, he'd had success, so why would you not? elect to put him and if you really think that Connor McDavid is going to sit there and have a little uh, little pouting fest because he's not starting the overtime when he knows full and well he's a he's not benched yeah he's sitting out there until they get possession and the the one text I think it was from B yeah right when we started talking about this saying if they lose the draw they he doesn't have to play defense exactly so it's when you go offense if he hops on yeah like the, the only way that goes poorly is if they lose the face off, they go down and score. And which, then we question the decision. Which is that going to change if Connor McDavid's out there? I mean, unless as, his as, speed as, on instead, the back check instead breaks of, it instead up. of two defensemen who are already one of them backing up into the defensive and zone. Granted, one of them not the uh, best defensively, uh, but shout out Evan Bouchard, three more assists last night. But no points. Okay, we got to take a break here. We are running late. Uh, I see a few texts in here Brad, Slurpee, Sean. Nardog, Cardinal of Clive. Oh, the Clive Corner. I know that area. Cool name. We've also got a couple of no-name ones, but we'll get to those for sure. Uh, Smitty the Welder says, play Burrow for sure. Smitty, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that one because I'm a little unsure still, but I think I'm going to go that route. Uh, when we come back, we will be joined by Andy McNamara of the Sick Podcast. It is Fantasy Frenzy brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky here on Sports 1440. 1125 here in the city. It is Fantasy Frenzy. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. The show brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky. Locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. WilhawkBeefJerky.com. I was just thinking that might be a nice little uh, stocking stuffer for the, the fam. You know, you drop in. Maybe it's a gift card, but maybe a little $20 pack of the beef jerky for Christmas morning. The mall's getting festive, so that kind of just that just popped in my head. 
We're slowly trickling into the holiday season. We've got uh, Christmas music playing in the halls of the Stingray Studios here in West Edmonton Mall. Getting into it. I uh, just got a call or a text from Andy McNamara. He had some commitments pop up uh, at 1130. So rather than have him on for five minutes, we'll bump until tomorrow. And uh, we'll continue the open text line going because there are a lot of texts to get to here. And we'll do this, the mailbag for the Canadian Brew House. You can join the CBH for Monday, Thursday, and Sunday night football for your chance to win awesome game day prizes and qualify for a trip for two to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Brandon, tonight you got Ravens, Bengals, arguably one of the better games on Thursday night. Where will you be heading tonight? I'm going to be at the St. Albert South mm-hmm. location of the CBH. Uh, we were talking little pizza and stuff earlier in the morning. Pizza? And, uh, because the one of the, uh, from the pizza pickup where the Canadian Brew House has great pizza. It, it's like, it's far from the first thing you think of. It has great pizza. But I was thinking if I like go to the CBH, treat myself to whatever I elect to for dinner there, and then swing by and grab uh, something from Pizza Garage, which is one of my favorite spots that I uh, checked out at Gregor's Pizza Pigout. Yeah. Then have that for lunch tomorrow. Or I could just get pizza at the CBH too. Their donair pizza is, is very, very good. Uh, as long as I don't um, pig out, or not gluttonous, I can save some of that for lunch tomorrow too. I mean, pizza in the morning. Nothing better. Pizza in the evening. Pizza. Pizza all the time. Yeah. It's always a good time for pizza. CBH pizza is really good. I'll be all back on Monday. I'm not even sure where I'm going. Jensen uh, Lakes, I believe. Let me tell you, Connor. On Monday, November 20th, you will be at the Manning. Oh, Manning. Manning Drive. Northeast. Manning Town Center. Beautiful part of the city. Be heading down there for uh, Monday Night Football. Good game, too. Yeah. Eagles Chiefs. Ever heard of them? <laughs> yeah. You guys watched a Super Bowl before? They were there once. Bogus outcome, but hey, the Chiefs are a good team. Eagles are a good team. Rematch, it's going to be good. Okay, here I I'll, I kind of said we were going to ask Andy, but we'll just ask you and the listeners. So friend of the station, I'd say friend of everybody, Jason Strudwick sent me a text last night. Let's set up the situation here. I'm so popular. I have so many texts to scroll through. This is what Struddy says to me. 8.48 p.m. I have Christman Mack, who I think he meant Christian Mack, McCaffrey, to my laptop making noises. <laughs> All right, we'll mute that. I have Chrisman Mack. I've been offered a trade of CM for Lamb and Mixon. What do you think? So I had to ask him, who are your receivers? He has Amari Cooper, who might be useless without Deshaun Watson, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, and Devontae Smith. He also has Kyron Williams coming off IR. His running backs are Pacheco, Latavius Murray, Ramondre Stevenson, and Kay Williams, as we mentioned. So he'd be giving up Christian McCaffrey. He gets CeeDee Lamb and Joe Mixon, who you just talked about being a little bit of a polarizing figure in the fantasy football world. What would your advice be to Jason Strutwick? And this is like, is he like in the mix? Like he's like chasing down he's a He's 500. He's in the mix. He's in the mix to make the it's playoffs. It's a PPR league as well. PPR. No, like standard, not keeper, redraft. Uh, I think it is. Uh, I think it's, I, you know, I'll, let's say standard. Let's just run off the assumption of Senator. Man, that's a tough one. It in fantasy, much like real life, it is tough to win the trade when you are trading away the best player, which Joe uh, Christian McCaffrey is. But CD Lamb, 
is something else. I think he's really good. I traded for him last week. Huge performance to help uh, get me the win this past weekend, as did Brandon Cooks, as did virtually every Dallas Cowboy uh, except for Tony Pollard because he's not a touchdown guy anymore. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't He doesn't care for them. Doesn't like the end zone. No. Team uh, player, though. Team, uh, hey, that's what you need. You need team guys. You know what, Struddy? I'm going to say go ahead. Your receivers are okay, but the problem is that they all rely on your quarterback, their quarterbacks who are far from reliable slash proven because he had Moore, Fields, question mark, Cooper, Tucker, question mark. Uh, you said Tor- Terry McLaurin? Yeah. Sam Howell's been good, but it's still a pretty small sample size. You never know if that might, uh, you know, things turn around. And then he had one more receiver that I... Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith. There you go. That's a pretty good uh, secondary option on a very good Eagles team. So I think you're you're good. Adding CeeDee Lamb to that, Make sure your uh, receiver is very good. You get Mixon. He could turn things around. I, I say go for it. If if there is any um, keeper or dynasty elements to this, maybe trying to get them to throw in a draft pick as well. Nothing crazy. Mid-rounder. I think that's worth uh, pulling the trigger on. See, because before the Deshaun Watson injury, I said, I kind of like your depth. Terry, Smith, Cooper. Mm-hmm. But then Cooper becomes like he's a mystery right now. Yeah. So that that's where I was like, okay, well, is the drop off from McCaffrey to Mixon that bad that CeeDee Lamb won't overcome it? He's third in the league in receiving yards. He has started to, you know, find the end zone a little bit more, but he still does only a four. I mean, Keenan Allen has more touchdowns. Keenan Allen used to like joke, I'm not a big touchdown guy, but he has more touchdowns than CeeDee Lamb. So that, you know, we, we need CD to find the end zone. I drafted him. I need him to start finding that end zone a little bit more, but the yardage is tough to tough to complain about. He's right up there with the league leaders, only behind AJ Brown and Tyreek Hill, who some people have said like, if if a receiver could win MVP, those guys should be in the category. They should be in that conversation. So, I told Struddy like, I, I wouldn't rush to make that one. I maybe try to maybe spice something up, maybe move on Cooper and see if you can get someone else as well. But it's not the worst deal. Text here saying Struddy take it. That comes from Oil Messiah. So, Stratty, if you're listening, people are leaning towards taking that deal. If it's a now, if it's a dynasty league, how much does that change your mind? Do you want to keep Christian McCaffrey for the future? Dynasty league, I'd probably hold on to CMC. If it's a keeper league, and one, people have all these different rules for their own individual setups, but like in ours, you can't keep a first or second round pick. So assuming McCaffrey would be in that category, he's not a keeper anyway. Whereas, who knows, if uh, CeeDee Lamb was taken a little bit, like even third or fourth round, he's certainly probably a keeper uh, prospect. So, yeah, there's a little bit of um, unknowns right now to to fully say with 100% certainty that I'm urging you to take that deal. But at face value, it, it seems pretty good. It would be a good trade. I mean, and if you put that, if, if that went through the league and everyone saw it, I think there would be a lot of people like, oh, good deal. There would probably Fair be trade. there would probably be some uh, good back and forth on who wins the trade, because a two for one is always tough. It's not a keeper league, especially if both are going to be in your starting lineup. Like, not a keeper league. Yeah. No. So I I I I think go for it, Struds. You old dog. <laughs> He's listening. He said, shoot. That's not what he actually said, but I'm going to say that for radio. Now I'm rethinking my choice. 
Yeah, I mean, because we, he and I, we went back and forth, and I said, like, I don't, I don't think there's a rush to make that move because when you are trading the best player, you're probably losing. Mm-hmm. C-Mac in the next few weeks could have, you know, two, three touchdowns per game and reach the total of a Mixon or a CD Lamb. But CD Lamb also has big time potential. And then, hey, if the Bengals get in the red zone, Joe Mixon, who knows? You know what's another factor in this for me? What? And this might just be a petty thing. Who you're trading it to? Is <laughs> is the person you're trading this best player to like already sitting at the top of the standings and looking to like, oh yeah, my team's so good, Joe Mixon is a throwaway piece for me. Because I think that matters. Because if if you're making trades with the intention of winning your league, you have to keep in mind that whoever you're trading this best player to, you might have to beat them. So the per, like this other person is giving up a spare running back and a good wide receiver for the best running back in the game. So you have to kind of evaluate things that way a little bit too. If if you are looking at it with the mindset of I'm making this trade to put me towards competing for a championship. If you're looking to like, hey, you know what? This guy's probably a runaway and I'm just going to kind of be in the mix and maybe get into the the payouts, like a top three, uh, second place finish or something, then you you can, you can take different approaches to it. But there, that's a lot, of, uh, a lot of discourse to go back to my original point, which says I think Struddy should take it. Big... Uh... Big problem for Struddy. Well, I'll keep you updated. I, he's listening. Thank you, Struddy. Appreciate that. And uh, hopefully we gave you some clarity. Although I know we just made things more complicated. Cardinal Clive Warren says, Dobbs and the Vikings Super Bowl bound. Book it. Hmm. The pastronaut. Yes, he's he's looking good. Uh, someone else asking, do we think Justin Jefferson will start this week? He was limited at practice yesterday. So again, we, we talk about this all the time. If you just Google Vikings injury report, they have to have it out there on uh, on the internet. The NFL mandates it. So check check the online. Uh, obviously, we can keep you updated between eleven and noon every day. Uh, but if you know you get to Saturday, go check it out. There's limited practice, full practice. Did not practice. DNP. DNP. TJ Hawkinson also limited yesterday. Well, that's another one to watch out for. He was uh, big. He was last huge. Game. So he and he and Dobbs work out together in the off season. I saw. Oh, so there, there's a reason for that chemistry. Then it's been so immediate. They work out together in the off season. So if you're a Hawkinson owner, that's probably a good thing. We'll see, you know, if it continues on Justin Jefferson, if he gets out there, that's going to be fantastic. Good news for Lee is that he has to throw in flowers. If it's a no go. Oh, that's actually the problem because you need flowers by today. Mm. Hmm. I mean, I, I would, I like both those options. Here, so depends like, who do, else you have. I was going to say, do you not have, like, can you, because, like, Flowers seems, like, pretty close to a must start at this point. It's so, like, can you not play him and leave somebody else on the option to switch out come Sunday once there's more clarity on Jefferson? I mean, maybe he has Tyreek and A.J. Brown, yeah. who are his locks, and then it's like, uh, I mean, that would be an unbelievable receiving core. But it's hard to say. Uh, Struddy says the trade deadline has not passed. So, hey, Struddy, maybe you got to go out there and make that move. Dive into the deep numbers. Get some analytics. Watch the all 20 all, or all 22. All 22. Well, and Christian McCaffrey said himself, he sucks. He didn't find the end zone for the first time in 18 <laughs> yeah, weeks. Bust. So, you know what? Maybe maybe he's uh, he's done. He's been the lone consistent in that Niners offense, though. I, I don't think there's a bad way to go. Trust your gut, Struddy. Trust your gut. Kyle, the mechanic, says 
Oh, no, it's a picture. Who do you start or sit this week? Okay, loading the picture, zooming in. He's got Tyree Kill. Start. A.J. Brown. Start. At wide receiver. Brandon Ayuk currently in the flex. And then also a wide receiver, Tank Dell or Noah Brown and Brandon Cooks. Running backs, Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, double Detroit action. And then uh, Brian Robinson and James Conner on the bench. You know, the Detroit Lions have shown that they uh, they will run both running backs and they can both make explosive plays, not only in the run game, but also the pass game. I think the lineup's good. Hill, Brown, Gibbs, Montgomery, all locks. Brandon Ayuk, you have to play. My only question is tight end, but I don't see any of their tight ends listed, so you got to go with Logan Thomas. It's uh, That is some impressive wide receiver depth. Yeah. I mean, uh, yes, Noah Brown probably not on a lot of people's radars to start. The, well, he was hurt to start the season. That's actually what provided tank Dell the opportunity to get more reps and uh, kind of explode onto the scene now Noah Brown is back and he's had back-to-back like 150 plus yard games uh Brandon Cooks was a monster last weekend for the Cowboys so like you've got a lot of great options at wide receiver but it's tough to sit down Tyreek Hill AJ Brown or Brandon Ayuk so I think you're solid there and there's nothing wrong with rolling out both Lions running back uh Brian Robinson we already talked about going up against the Giants uh for all this Washington offense enticing option I wouldn't, I wouldn't fault you for maybe putting him instead of Montgomery because it does look like it's uh, Jameer Gibbs' world now and David Montgomery maybe more of the secondary option, but he's still probably uh, pretty likely to score uh, a touchdown or two, especially against that uh, Bears front. So, Pick says who to start, Zay Flowers or Devontae Smith? As we've said, Devontae Smith gets to go up against the Kansas City Chiefs, whose defense has been a lot better. Uh, Flowers goes tonight against the Bengals. Cold night in Baltimore. I think I like Devontae Smith's matchup a little bit more. I like his, he's a little more proven at the, at this point. But those ones are, to me, they're kind of close. Those are very close. I, I will, I'll say Flowers. And once again, tough spot because you have to make the decision today instead of even continuing to mull things over and, and think about it. So uh, I'll say Flowers just because the Bengals, the Bengals, they... Or without, I mean, granted, Sam Hubbard plays on the front, not in the secondary. But you know, one thing impacts another somewhere down the line. So, and Devontae Smith, he's a great like any team you would ask to have your WR two is Devontae Smith on your depth chart. They would uh, happily take that. They beg for it, but it's like it's kind of AJ Brown's world in Philly right now. Yeah, and and that kind of makes me wonder. Will Kansas City say let's eliminate him, beat us elsewhere? Uh, maybe DeAndre Swift. Maybe it is Devontae. Uh, Fair point. I'll, I'll, I'm going to go away from the Ravens in this one, and that's tough because I've been a staunch you've, you've, you've Zay Flowers guy. You've been standing up for Flowers all season. I, I, but it's one of those situations where I think that's a good problem. And, of course, it's fantasy, so one guy could go for two and the other guy could go for 14, and then you come back and yell at us. But uh, I think I like Devontae in this one for me personally, and I love that Monday night guy. Just, uh, you know, was it the backdoor cover? Like you, you you beat someone last minute. I kind of like that. You know where you're standing on the Monday night. So uh, that's probably where I go. Uh, we've got perplexed Oilers fan, DT Riley, and a bunch more texts to get to. Uh, JC Glazier will get to you as well. When we come back, though, we got to take a break. Uh, that was the mailbag brought to you by the Canadian Brew House, sending you to the Super Bowl. You can join Brando tonight at St. Albert South. Maybe go grab a slice of pizza with him, have a beer, have a chance to... Win a trip to the home game of your choice in 2024, or even better, the Super Bowl in February in Las Vegas. It's at the Canadian Brew House. 
More texts coming in here. Yeah, we'll get to those after the break. Here it is. Fantasy Frenzy brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky on Sports 1440. Almost seems like a sin to speak over these two legends, but uh, we got to wrap it up eventually here. It is Fantasy Frenzy. Connor, Hallie, Brandon, Douglas. The show brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and right here in West Edmonton Mall. Check them out at wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Calm, uh, coming up today on the Lowdown with Low Tide, immediately following us from noon till 2. Uh, Declan Kruger, of course, will be along for the ride. They'll be joined by... His Twitter handle threw me off. Bagged Milk. Did he drop jean shorts? Jeans? Well, I, it's I gotta a, ask it's still him. JS, JS... Is it JSM Bagged Milk or just JS Bagged it's Milk? It's like JSBM, so jean shorts, bagged milk, bagged, bagged milk. milk. Double bagged milk. <laughs> Double bag your milk, everybody, That's, for safety's sake. Like, I, I just... Honestly, one of the best guys. So awesome on Oilers Nation After Dark. Uh, better late than never. Uh, he'll be on with Al, uh, Al and uh, Declan at 1 o'clock. They'll also do some rumors, recap the game last night, and uh, they'll go to Tampa Bay. Be joined by Eric Erlenson. He uh, covers the team for, I feel like, forever. Since like the year 2000, he's been around covering that team. So they got lots coming up. On the Jason Greger Show, we'll be joined by Robin Brownlee at 2.20. Also, Chris Rankle, uh, he's with ABC in Cincinnati. We'll preview Thursday Night Football. Terry Ryan will be by from 3 to 5 to co-host Colin Livingston for the Cantork Racing Report. We've got Mark Spector at 5, and then Gareth Wheeler will join us, uh, the Canadian men's national soccer team. Some big games coming up, so we're going to we're gonna get a little preview on that one. Speck uh, landed safe and sound, hopefully, down in Florida. Uh, he was unable to join us on the Kevin Carey show this morning as he was getting on his plane right at 7 o'clock, and he said he asked the, the ticket lady, in the, uh, what do you call that, boarding area, I guess? Yeah. Um, he's like, hey, can you get me until 7.15? Because he was going to do the hit right at 7 o'clock with us. And she's like, no, no chance, pal. <laughs> really? Called <laughs> so him pal? I, hey, doesn't, yeah, she palled him. Doesn't matter if uh, you're Mark Spector or anybody else. If the plane's leaving, the plane's leaving. So no special treatment for Spec. He's a regular guy just like everyone else. This is true. Uh, TR. So I, I got Crave. It's on special for like Black Friday. My wife was scouting it out for some shows she wants to watch. And she's like, we should get Crave. It's on a good deal. So we pulled the trigger, uh, got the like the premium package. So I, I've gotten into Shorzy because I had, I've heard the hype. And, you know, obviously with TR hopping on with Gregor twice a week now, I've kind of got the rundown of this show. It is very funny. It is so funny. I mean, the sticks after the game and then... Shorzy getting mad at them for not calling their parents. I'm only three episodes in, so I'm still at the beginning of the show, but very funny. It only gets better. Yeah, I mean, it's very good writing, so I'm excited to talk to TR about that one. When when he first came on, we had so many people like, how do I get the jersey? How do we get the the Hitch jersey? Now I'm going to be the same way, like, hey. The Sudbury blueberries. (laughs) Yeah, can I I e-transfer you a couple hundred bucks? Send me that jersey. Game worn. Yeah. Game worn Hitch jersey. I'm sure sure he'll give it to, to one of us. Not his family or anything. That that would be a good um, a good piece of uh, auctioning off material for the month of giving. Jeez, look at this guy! He got a charitable, uh, charitable, charitable mind. Yeah, we'll have to talk to Gregor with that one. Actually, that's a good idea. Okay, let's get back into the inbox here. We've only got about five more minutes, so we'll run through as many of these as we can. Slurpy Sean says, "Fellow, the quest for the three peat is alive." I traded Jones, T-Law, and Deontay for Lamar Jackson. I now have a true QB2 in my Superflex. Allen, Jacobs, Gibbs, St. Brown, Ayuk, Higgins, Laporta, Achan with Lamar and San Fran and Cleveland's defense. I'm winning it all, aren't I? 
Hard to say because we don't know your league, but Slurpee Sean, I like I like the trajectory. Based exclusively off your lineup, I would say <laughs> you are in a pretty positive position to challenge for a championship, Slurpee Sean. That is a great roster. Um, I'm like it said it's super flex, but it's like is this a keeper, a dynasty? Because how you would be able to assemble that list of players um, in a standard redraft? You might be playing against a bunch of scrubs or. Nobody, maybe it's a two-man league, something like that. But uh, either way, your team looks great. Best of luck uh, down the home stretch. Great final trade uh, at the deadline here. We got one here, a little bit about the Oilers. Perplexed Oilers fan. Anyone else notice Derek Ryan is invisible this year? I'll tell you who I do see. Raphael Lavoie, he creates chances. I like him. I mean, yeah, he's he's playing in a lower spot than he typically would, I would assume, or than he's used to. Derek Ryan, he's kind of that opportunistic guy. He... Drew a penalty last night, uh, helps on the PK. Uh, the new NHL.com site isn't terrific because it took away the special team stats. I wanted to see how many minutes Derek Ryan did play on the PK, but, I mean, that's kind of Derek Ryan's game. You don't see him until you see him. Uh, and, and sometimes for players like that, it's fine to not notice them. Your fourth-line yeah. players, you don't want them making mistakes. And any time they can contribute elsewhere, whether it be offensively, uh, killing penalties, things, that's almost like a bonus. You you don't necessarily want a bunch of just like zombies out there that just uh, float around and don't don't accomplish or do anything. I don't think that's the case with Derek Ryan. He, I mean, he struggled to start the year. The whole team did. We <laughs> we've been well over that at this point. Um, but I actually thought he played a pretty decent game last night. There's a couple times you notice him driving to the net, um, reuniting with Ryan McLeod and Warren Fogle. I think will do good. That line has uh, shown a lot of promise in the past. So. Um, I and I have a soft spot for Derek Ryan, you know, Golden Bear alumni. Uh, what a journey to get to the NHL, and now here he is, kind of back where it all started um, at the University of Alberta. So I always have a soft spot, and I'll probably be more lenient on him than maybe other people. But I actually thought he played a pretty good game last night. No name on this one: Pacheco, Hall, Mostert, Taylor. Three of the four question mark. Well, the Colts are on the bye week, are they not? They are. So there's your answer: Pacheco, Hall, Mostert, I, I, or Mostert. I believe that's Jonathan Taylor. That's where my mind goes. So, yeah, there's your answer. No name on that one. I get your name in here. We can add you to the system. one 401 Kyle, the mechanic, says thank you. No, Kyle, thank you for listening. Kurt from Barhead says, hey, boys, thanks for the RB advice yesterday. Got a flex spot open as well. Options are Godwin, Hollywood Brown, and Zay Flowers. Love the tips from you guys. Kurt from Barhead. Well, I'm not going to go Hollywood Brown. I'm a Godwin apologist, of course, and I like Zay Flowers, so... Brandon, I don't know. Maybe you're going Hollywood Flower or Hollywood Brown, but but for me, it's between Godwin and Flowers. A hundred percent. Yeah, the, the, the Cardinals—they're not a very good team. Their offense, in particular, is is quite bad, and they <laughs> moved on from Josh Dobbs, who almost kind of kept them afloat and alive. Uh, like Brown is still going to get targets because who else is there to throw the ball to? Really, uh, I think Rondale Moore is still that guy yeah. out of Stanford. Is he playing? Good question. There, there, there's your answer on how much a Cardinals ball I've watched so far this year. Um, but yeah, Godwin, uh, a great player, and, and Connor's always on his side. But I, I've said to Sardi so far today, Zay Flowers, as a flex option, I think that's a pretty good one. Uh, Michael Wilson and Rondell Moore hmm. all will be playing. I, they got to get. They've got to get James Connor involved. Says the guy who has him in fantasy. Uh, Spruce Grove Steve says, boys, would you start DJ Moore or Jerome Ford? I I worry about Jerome Ford, maybe with the lack of a 
better quarterback. Or, they they look at the run game and really want to get that involved. But I like DJ Moore with Justin Fields returning as well. He's a guy who he just needs the ball in his hands and he's going to make plays. We saw that in the past this season. So I probably lean DJ Moore, especially if it's PPR. Yes. Oh yeah, PPR for sure. Uh, or even even half PPR. Uh, I think you go with the receiver there without a doubt. Adam Thielen or Zay Flowers? Give me a hard one. Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers. Who are the Panthers playing this week? Do we know? The Panthers are playing against the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Don't like that one. Yikes. (laughs) Bass Rush is going to get after Mr. Young. Um, I'm so slow with my maneuverability on this laptop. I really need a wireless mouse so I can get quicker to the schedule. Uh, Cole from Millet. Shout out to Millet. I traded Trevor Lawrence in a fourth round pick next year for Goff in a seventh round pick. Two QB league. My other QBs are Hertz and Howell. Good trade. Yeah. I mean, Jared Goff has been so good. Trevor Lawrence up and down. Got to wonder about him going forward. Uh, Trailer Park Ryan very quickly. Hey, guys, quick question. The rookie Baltimore running back or James Conner? I go Conner. What do you think? Yeah. Conner back in the mix here. I like it. Garrett Wilson or Rashad White flex? Rashad White. Rashad White. There we go. That guy catches just as much as any other wide receiver, and he's still running the ball every down. And he doesn't have Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. (laughs) There you go. Great football player, Garrett Wilson. Fantasy, maybe not. Thank you guys for tuning in today. It was a jam-packed show. We got to get out of here. Hand things over to Alan Mitchell. It has been Fantasy Frenzy brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Also, shout out to the Canadian Brew House for Connor Halley, or for Brandon Douglas. I'm Connor Halley. That's how it goes. Let's get to an update with the Duke brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Locations in the Duke's Bruce Grove, West Edmonton Mall, wilhockbeefjerky.com.